Let's turn this morning to God's Word, Luke 18. And our text is in Luke 19, Luke 18, page 1042, 1042 in your pew Bibles. When Jesus comes down your road, on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem on his way to the cross, and that last nearly Close to the last week of his life, he meets Bartimaeus, and then he meets, a little bit later, Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Let's read about what he said about tax collectors who repent and good people who don't in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. He also said, told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And then we have... The parents bringing their children to Jesus, their babies, and Jesus receiving them. The rich young ruler coming to Jesus, but not receiving him. And then we come to verse 31. And taking the 12, he said to them, see, we're going up to Jerusalem. And everything that's written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. And as he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And now our text, Luke 19, 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up 
and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is God's good word. The gospel let us hear and believe. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, why is Zacchaeus up a tree? The Bible tells us he wanted to see who Jesus was. The crowds were big. Zacchaeus was a little. A wee little man was he, so he climbed up a sycamore tree. The bigger question, what is Jesus doing in Zacchaeus' house? He's coming down his road and he stops for him. First he stops for a man who's dirt poor, Bartimaeus. And now a little way later down the road, he stops for a man who's filthy rich, Zacchaeus. And in these back-to-back encounters, the Holy Spirit is telling us, you're all the same to Jesus. Whatever your need might be, sinners, lost sinners who need to be saved. Doesn't matter who you are, where you fit on our cultural scales of rich and poor, oppressor and oppressed, when you come to him, he will stop for you and save you. And that's what's so amazing here. It's surprising that a man like Zacchaeus is seeking Jesus. Zacchaeus up in a tree, that's out of character. But shocking that Jesus is seeking a man like Zacchaeus. That should shock us at the table. That should shock us to hear the gospel when he comes our way in the gospel to say, you'd seek a person like me? For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. When Jesus comes down your road, he attracts sinners. He invites himself over to your house. That's not polite. And he changes your life. He attracts sinners. Now, this is totally out of character for Zacchaeus. Up in a tree. Well, who is he? We've turned him into a sweet little guy, but he's not. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat it. As Jesus leaves old Jericho and he enters Herod's Jericho, that's the suburbs for the rich, the wealthy 1% or 0.1% in Israel, and he's passing through, we read, behold, like surprise, there's a man named Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector and rich. Now a tax collector is a predator. Tax collecting jobs were outsourced to the highest bidder. And if you got the bid, 
you went after poll taxes, property taxes, service taxes, and you owed so much to Caesar, so you charged a bunch more and you paid to Caesar what he demanded and you pocketed the rest. And you lived the high life by trampling on the taxpayer. He's not just a tax collector. You see that? He's a chief tax collector. He's sort of the boss of a whole area of tax collectors. He's the mafia boss. The, the little guys do the dirty work for him. He pockets the most and sends it off to Caesar. And he has them do his work. Not only that, he's a Jew. His name is Jewish. He's a lost son of Abraham, a covenant breaker, a traitor, robbing his own people to pay a foreign government, Caesar, who is filthy rich. As a traitor of his own people, this is the worst. This is a predator, an exploiter. How do you take time for such? How do you welcome such a guy? Despicable man. And he's up a tree in more than one way, but he's up a tree. Because he wants to see who Jesus was. And we see him there. He's little. Uh, I don't think he's going to brave the crowd. He probably, they'll eat him alive. He runs ahead. Real men don't run in that time. And he climbs a tree. How does a little guy climb a tree? Well, a sycamore tree is like a, an oak tree with a short stump and wide branches. So a good tree to hide in. Easy to climb into. And there he is. Why is he so interested in Jesus? It's more than curiosity. We read there in our text, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Seeking means an intense search to find out more. Something is stirring his heart. And you say, why? Why are you seeking Jesus? You got everything. You live the nice life, the wealthy life. You got a really nice home with really nice vacations and really good food and everything. Why you need something more? Because wealth can't fill your life. And the sins you commit along the way, they wreck your life. And when the Lord Jesus is seeking you, he's going to create this discomfort with who you are and put you on a road of searching. And there's something about Jesus that attracts Zacchaeus to get a closer view. He's known already as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Remember how the Pharisees complained to Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Luke 15, we read, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. These guys know him. He's got a reputation, a good one. And then there's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Did he hear that? Did he know about it? Did that news reach him? We don't know. But apparently Zacchaeus is aware of this reputation and he's attracted to this friend of sinners and tax collectors. 
What he doesn't realize is that the man coming down the road is seeking him. He's stirring his heart to hate his life, the filth, and to look for something new, someone new. Jesus is seeking the lost. There's a couple things for us to, to know and to remember here, brothers and sisters. Don't assume that the wicked people you meet aren't interested in Jesus. On the outside, it can all look so good. Yet they might be the ones that Jesus has stirred up to seek for more, to seek the Lord, and he's put you on their road to share the good news with them. And you might be surprised as anything that they would be interested, but don't assume they don't want to know more. In fact, there might be somebody so despicable, you don't even want them to have the good news. And yet Jesus is saying, tell them and hope and pray that they want to become part of the family of God with you and eat at the table with you. Wow. So let's put ourselves out there and talk to people about Jesus and not assume that they're not interested. The other thing is, do you wonder whether Jesus is willing to accept somebody like you? Maybe you don't feel socially and economically useless like Bartimaeus, but maybe you feel morally dirty and spiritually empty like Zacchaeus. Because you are morally dirty and spiritually empty, a life revolved around serving yourself being a bear in your home because you want everything to go your way. Beating up on others to get ahead. Maybe your spouse and kids are getting trampled on because of your zeal to be successful and powerful and, and well-liked in the neighborhood. Or maybe your clients or customers or coworkers are getting shafted just because you want to climb the ladder. And you know you're filthy in the sight of God and in your community and you think there's nothing you can do about it. And I want to tell you, and the Holy Spirit tells you. Jesus accepts somebody like you and his family. And is willing to love you. And he's willing to step in your house and sit at your table. Because he came to seek and save the lost. And if you come to him, he'll delight in you. And he'll say, Hurry. I'm in a hurry, and you should be too, to have me over. It's good news. It's awesome news. And so the bigger story here is not Zacchaeus seeking Jesus and sitting in a tree, but Jesus seeking Zacchaeus and sitting in his house. There's hope, brothers and sisters, for me and for you and even for the neighbor that we think is too far gone. Secondly, Jesus invites himself over. The next thing makes everybody gasp. The crowds keep walking with Jesus down the road that runs through Jericho to Jerusalem and Jesus comes to that tree by the side of the road 
And he must stop like he stopped with Bartimaeus and he looks up. And he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. It's urgent. Hurry. We have no time to lose. I don't want you to waste another day this way. It's urgent, but it's more. It's long term. I need to go to your house and give you a scolding and leave. No, I must stay. I'm staying a while. And Zacchaeus obeys Jesus exactly, obviously. It's the very one, the very thing he's looking for in his life. Jesus fits the bill for the one who's filthy rich or filthy whatever. And so it says he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Receive means to welcome, to entertain, to sit down to dinner. Oh, here he goes again, eating with sinners and tax collectors. And there's so much going on here, so much to learn about our Savior. First, I want to mention three things. First, his relentless pursuit of sinners. Regardless of what the crowds think, how much they disapprove, Jesus is determined. We read that in verse 7. When they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be in, in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Entering the house of an evil man whose fine furniture and dining are at the expense of many of those people standing in the crowd. In our cancel culture, we would burn his house. Jesus enters his house and sits on that furniture and Eat some of that food. Perhaps we would join the grumblers. Just like the disciples said to the parents, bringing the babies to Jesus, stop it. And like the crowd said to Bartimaeus as he was yelling for Jesus, stop it. And now they're again disapproving of Jesus Ministering to Zacchaeus, stop it. This guy's a sinner. It's dirty. A holy man wouldn't do that. But Jesus, in his relentless pursuit of sinners, could care less about our disapproval. He came to seek and save the lost. And the disciples saying no to the parents didn't stop Jesus from saying to the parents, bring them to me. Let the children come to me. Or for him to stop and say to Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? Bring him here. What can I do for you? Jesus is the seeker who will not stop, brothers and sisters, till he helps all those who seek him. Marvelous grace that Jesus is not dissuaded by public opinion about who's worthy and who's not. How relentless are we in our pursuit of despicable people? Especially when you think about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, when you realize, you know, I think we're all in the same spot. Filthy of something, despicable in some way. 
Second is his loving pursuit. Not only his relentless pursuit, but loving. He does all the things no one else would do. He stops, he looks up, he talks. He invites himself over. And he goes into his house and is entertained by a man named Zacchaeus. What love that God would come down our road and say to anyone, oh, hurry, I must stay at your house today. It says so much about his kindness and love. What? Come into my house and see all that furniture and decor that, oh, just give me a minute to clean up and hide stuff in the bedroom. Now I'm willing to come and sit at your table and spite of all the filth that's in your house and in your life. It's just amazing, amazing love that he would come down my street and stop for me. Come into my house. And third is his challenging pursuit of sinners. We have verse seven where the people grumble that he's going into the house and we got verse eight Or after the visit, Zacchaeus stands up and his life has changed. Now, between seven and eight, there's a several hour gap at least of Jesus teaching him what it means that he's the seeker and savior of the lost. We aren't told exactly what the conversation is, but at the end of it, we're told what it yields. Where Zacchaeus stands and he declares, behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor and I pay fourfold of all that I've stolen. And when Jesus gets into your house, things will never be the same again. And brothers and sisters, what we got to understand is that salvation isn't for good people who try their best. That'd be like for the Pharisees who don't repent. Salvation is not for good people who try their best, but for sinners who are at their worst. And that is who he's looking for today. Don't come to him as a good person in need of a little bit of help. But as a lost person in need of an extreme makeover, starting in the deepest part of your life and working all the way through and out. And no, brothers and sisters, Jesus is kind, extremely kind, but he's not necessarily polite. He invites himself over. No, he demands, I must come to your house. How does this Jesus save sinners? He walks right into your life uninvited. Just ask Rosaria Butterfield, remember her story as a lesbian professor at Syracuse University, head of the queer studies department, when the Lord came barging into her life uninvited and turned her world upside down, all her scholarship, all her worldly wisdom and academic prestige and all her friendships, she says, my conversion was a train wreck. But what good news for me. He comes in uninvited and unasked and does a work of grace calling us to repentance and faith and putting us into his family and even taking over our whole house. Today salvation has come to this household 
since he's also a son of Abraham, he covenants with believers and with their children. As he said to Paul and Silas, said to the Philippian jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved, you and your household. The whole household comes under the reign of Christ. It's, it's amazing. I know of a couple here, sitting in church here today, who were given verse 5 as their wedding text. I must stay at your house today. It's a lovely wedding text, but it's, it's kind of rude. In, in modern cultural eyes, he invites himself over, and we're called to welcome him into our house and hearts. And what a difference he makes when he rules your home. Just a little bit ago, the rich young ruler comes to him. And Jesus calls him to follow, and he won't, he, he doesn't want to, and he goes away sad. And he stays in his ugly life, hopeless, harsh, graceless life, looking for his wealth to be his happiness. But now here's a man who receives Jesus, welcomes him. And his life is just, it's saved and changed. So are you seeking Jesus? And are you looking for him to fill that emptiness and that sadness and that hurt and pain and filth? broken relationship with God and with people that's destroying your life. He will fill your life. He'll save you and he'll do more than you bargained. He will say, I must stay with you and then he'll sit with you at the table and when you stand up afterward, like Zacchaeus stood up, your life will look so much different. Here's the question again. Do you really want Jesus in your home and in your life to come and save you and turn your whole life upside down or right side up? Or would you rather stay up in a tree admiring him from a distance but not opening your home to Jesus' interference? Here's a call. Welcome him your house into your life not to be nice but because it's urgent you're damned you're ruined you're lost you're hopeless without him not nearly as good as I feel or think I am At the table we say, Lord Jesus, you gave yourself for me. Thank you. Now I give myself to you. And that's what we see thirdly. He changes our lives. When Zacchaeus stood up from the table, he was a new man. People are waiting outside on the road. Grumbling. And inside, Zacchaeus is turning, coming full circle. We know he's repenting of withholding his goods from the poor, 
not helping, it's living a life of a selfish pig. It's all for me. He's repenting of that and for theft. And he's unburdening. He's giving all that to the Lord Jesus. Unloading his burden of sin and filth. Adding to Jesus' burden, his reason for going to the cross. To perish with our burden on his back, on his heart, on his soul. He's unloading that, and that sets him free. When you unload your guilt, that sets you free to start a whole new life, to make a whole new start as a changed man. Zacchaeus stood. Think about those words in verse 8. He stood. That means they've been sitting. They've been talking. He's been listening. Now is the result. He stood. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. That's not just half of his salary. That's half of all his possessions, half of his equity. What a costly commitment. Plus fourfold of all he stole, more than the law requires in Exodus 22. Maybe he had to sell his house and move to old Broken down Jericho, I don't know. Downsize. But only the gospel can change us like this. Only Jesus, who laid down his whole life for us, can change our lives. He who came not to be served, but to serve. Only that kind of love can change Zacchaeus from a heartless, greedy, grasping thief to a giving believer. Only the love of Jesus who gave his life for you and only the power of the cross where he took your old self, nailed it to the tree in himself and all your debts and all your sins and rose again on the third day to a new life. Only that, only he can do such a thing. Everyone who Jesus saves becomes a saved, a changed person. True salvation always involves repentance. When Jesus saves you, he changes you. You give up your old life of sin. You start a new life. New attitudes, new commitments to love God. You don't just say it, you do it. And it can't be otherwise because when you truly believe in Jesus, he gets his serving, his loving, his self-giving gets inside your heart and your system and changes you. When you, when Jesus loves you and you welcome that love into your life, his love changes you. Well, brothers and sisters, what a miracle happened that day. Jesus has just finished saying to the rich young ruler or to the disciples after the rich young ruler left, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God and look at just what happened. just what happened right here it's good news filled with hope when you seek him 
you may know for sure that's because he seeks you. And he will not turn you away. And as he comes into our house and changes our life, sits at our table, now he calls us to sit at table with him to remind us and encourage us in the work he's done for us. May God bless us at his table. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your amazing work in which you did in Zacchaeus' life. Not only was it impossible, in our opinion, that he would be saved, I don't think we really would want such a man to become part of the household of Abraham with us and sit at the table with us. But we come to your table as a bunch of filthy sinners who've been saved by your grace and changed more and more into your likeness. We pray that you will help us to hear your call to come, to love you for all that you've done for us, and to love one another for all that you've done in the lives of our brothers and sisters. Hear us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.